24 in your Bibles this morning, the book of Proverbs. And chapter number 24 is where we're looking. And um, I like to look a little deeper in the Word of God, don't you? And uh, I think that's where the gold is, is when you dig a little deeper. Amen? And uh, you find truths that uh, you wouldn't normally understand or see. Uh, and I think the Bible's like that. And I think the book of Proverbs is very much like that. Uh, sometimes you got to take a, a pick and an axe to get down to the gold, but it's well worth it once you get there. Amen? And the book of Proverbs is like that. So we're going to look at verse chapter 24 today and read just part of it and uh, cover the, probably the last half at another time. But uh, let's begin here, Proverbs 24, verse 1, and uh, follow along this morning, please, as I read. The Bible says, There be not thou envious against evil men, neither desire to be with them. For their heart studieth destruction, and their lips talk of mischief. Through wisdom is an house built, and by understanding it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. A wise man is strong. Yeah, a man of strength increaseth, uh, or a man of knowledge increaseth strength. For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war, and multitude of counselors there is safety. Wisdom is too high for a fool. He openeth not his mouth in the gate. He that deviseth to do evil shall be called a mischievous person. The thought of foolishness is sin, and the scorner is an abomination to men. If, thy, if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. If thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death, and those that are ready to be slain. If thou sayest, Behold, we knew it not. Doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, doth not he know it? And shall not he render to every man according to his works. Eat thou, my son, eat thou honey, because it is good, and the honeycomb, which is sweet to thy taste, so shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul, when thou hast found it, and there shall be a reward, and thy expectation shall not be cut off. Let's stop there and pray this morning. Lord, thank you for your goodness today. Thank you for your blessings this week, and Lord, uh, a uh, cold and rainy day, but yet, Lord, we do thank you for the rain. We thank you for what you do through all the changing of the seasons uh, and the times. And we, we thank you for your goodness, Lord. We just pray that this morning you'd guide our minds and our hearts into thy word today. We know thy word is a life unto us as we who know God and love God. God, may we soak it like a sponge and uh, take it into our heart and our mind and apply thy wisdom to our life. And Lord, we'll be careful to thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, again, we're on the subject of wisdom, wisdom and its power in our life. Wisdom is a powerful, powerful thing uh, in life. And, uh, you know, wisdom has to be sought after. Uh, it has to be, uh, we have to go after it, you know. It's not like something that happens by osmosis. Uh, wisdom is something we seek after and uh, we desire it. And I believe that's because we have the Holy Spirit in our heart, if you're saved. Amen? And um, that Holy Spirit desires for us to seek wisdom. Um, 
Well, how much, how much better it is to have wisdom. Wisdom, you know, wisdom is probably the most profitable thing in life. It really is. It's probably the most profitable thing in life. Um, Solomon found uh, in wisdom what wisdom, what money, talent, and uh, tre- treasures and talents could not provide uh, by having wisdom. And uh, such a valuable asset in our life. Well, let's look at some practical things about wisdom here and understanding what Scripture is teaching us. Number, verse 1, be not thou envious against evil men, neither desire to be with them. Now, notice Scripture says here, um, do not, um, don't envy evil people. Now, you would think that God wouldn't even need to put that in the Bible. Right? You would think it's kind of common understanding. That person's evil. I don't want a thing to do with them. But why does God have to warn us about that? Well, it's because evil can be persuasive. Evil can influence. Um, you know, sometimes it appears as if an evil person gets ahead or uh, somebody who does something ungodly or wrong. Uh, it appears like they get ahead. And, and, and here we are, this poor Christian living this tough, struggling life. And we look at the world and we see that the world seems to have it all together. <laughs> Can I tell you, that's exactly what Satan wants us to think. Because Satan, do you know Satan actually does know the truth? Do you know in Genesis 2, or Genesis 3, when he tempted Eve, did you know that Satan himself acknowledged God and the reality of God? He said to Eve, he said, uh, God doth know in the day. Uh, he, he, was, he may not have known it, but he was acknowledging God. Uh, that's better than the atheists even do today. I mean, the devil is smarter than the atheist. Some of you catch that later. It's a little cold outside still. Okay. <laughs> but evil and wrong can be persuasive. Do you know that evil people can become rich? They can. But if they do, it's only in this life. It's only in this life. As soon as they die, boom, judgment, eternal punishment is there. So, so if we're envious of an evil person or what they maybe have, um, what we're doing is we are saying, oh, we're forgetting about eternity. And all the things that God does, the judgment, the the rewards, all the blessings, we're forgetting about all that. And all we're doing is focusing on this life. And you know, um, an evil person may get rich, but then somebody can come along and take it away. Some more evil person can come along and take it away from a more evil person. Uh, You know, it never pays 
It never pays to do wrong and it never pays to be under the influence of things that are wrong because those things can persuade us to do things that we shouldn't or wouldn't normally do. Um, and so God said, don't even be envious of them. Don't even wish them, wish you could uh, be like them or copy them in some way. Uh, I, you know, the, the, the wisdom is to be wise concerning evil or simple concerning evil. And it has a connotation of, of stupid. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I don't want to know all that goes on in this, in this evil world. God knows and that's enough for me. And God's mad every day at the wicked, the Bible says. God is mad. You know, we, we think that God only is love and he is love. He offers love to all mankind. But if man hates God and rejects him, they have to face the eternal punishment. You know, when a preacher preaches on that, it's true in the Bible, but people just don't like it today. They don't like when you preach on judgment. But you know what? Judgment is really vindication for the person who lives right and godly in life. It's this day that finally we're blessed and rewarded because evil doesn't get promoted but what we've done for the Lord on that day will be a, a blessed day. Amen. So not only does he say not be envious of them, but notice the next phrase, neither desire to be with them. Um, God's saying, don't even be friends with them. Don't even hang around them. Why? Well, if you came, if you have a pet skunk, don't be surprised if you get a little stinky. Right? That pet skunk can rub off on you. Hold that skunk, pet him. And then put the skunk down, go to the store. Walk by somebody in the store and they're like, What, did you smell that? That was a skunk. Didn't that smell horrible? See, now don't go tell them they're a skunk, okay? But gotta be a Christian about this, but hey, don't desire to be with evil people. You know, I believe this too. A lot of evil people do evil when they're young and regret it when they get older. I think a lot of people do that. Um, and they have to spend a whole lot of time and effort if they want to be right with the Lord, trying to really um, undo a lot of the things that they've done and evil in their life. Um, and I think that's, that's good, but God says, don't be with them. They'll rub off on you. Just stay away. Amen. Stay away from the evil people. There's no need. By the way, I think you ought to stay away from them on the television set too. There's some, and the internet. There's evil people all over it. Just stay away from them. You say, well, I'm not with them. Yeah, you are on that phone or on that screen. 
There was some commercial came on, they're, they're advertising drag queens. Disgusting. I had to, oh, turn that channel fast. It was horrible. You know, uh, people look at that today and say, oh, you're judging people. Well, no, we're just saying what the Bible says. That's God's word, not ours. That's what God says. And, and that's why people have trouble with it today, because they know that truth and right, down deep, truth and right do come from God. And so he's saying here, all right, just don't be with, someone's doing something evil. Well, how do you know? Verse two kind of identifies these kind of people. Verse two, their heart studieth destruction. Now that word studieth means to ponder, to think about. So what are they doing? They're just, they're always thinking about something evil. They've got some plan. They want to figure something out. They got, they got to manipulate something or just do some kind of dastard deed. And they're always thinking about some way. And usually it involves money. Right? Because isn't money the root of all evil? No, I, I said that wrong. I said that wrong. The love of money is the root of all evil. It's not wrong to have it. It's wrong to love it. Amen. So what are they doing here? Their hearts study at destruction. Their lips talk of mischief. So you can identify evil people by what they study and what they say. Their lips talk of mischief. And if it, if it doesn't pass those tests, then you know there's something evil there. Amen. Now, I, I know that sometimes an evil person can kind of hide that. Um, we call them politicians. Amen. <laughs> I know some evil people can hide that sometimes. But... Um, Sooner or later, the truth comes out about them, doesn't it? Yeah. So verse three, through wisdom is in house builded. So a Christian, a wise man is interested in building lives. He wants to put things together, not destroy them and pull them apart. Um, a, a wise Christian is interested in, in building their life, building their family, building their home. Building, um, building memories, building a lot of things in life. Wisdom is about building, not destroying. Um, there's too much destruction that goes on in our world today. There's a lot, a lot. And Christian ought to be interested in building. You know, uh, when I come to church, I want to build somebody up. Amen? Amen? I want to take somebody who maybe is discouraged and give them some fuel for their heart. Where they can progress and do well. I want to build people up. Um, I don't want to destroy it. You know, the devil, that's a characteristic of the devil. The Bible says, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. John chapter 10. Wherever there's destruction... Uh, Satan's involved in that. And, uh, but a Christian ought to be involved in 
building, building up, building up others. You know, God's given us a wonderful power. It's the power of encouragement. That's a wonderful power. And sometimes a person, it's kind of hard to always encourage yourself. But when somebody comes along and says, hey, you're doing well. Just keep on serving the Lord. You're doing well. I've seen your testimony. I, I know uh, your labor of love. I, hey, listen, keep on going. Just keep on serving the Lord. You're doing well. Amen. And I think others need to see that or hear that from time to time in our, in our lives. I think we need to be building people up, especially our homes. Right? Wives can build up husbands. Um, husbands can build up wives. Um, I think we ought to be in that business. Amen. Amen. A wise man buildeth his house. Uh, through wisdom and houses built it. Build it. And by understanding it shall be established. Now verse 4. By knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Do you see there's a reward in wisdom, isn't there? There's a reward there. God blesses that person with wisdom. You know, um, evil, sin, and addictions today are very unwise. It's just unwise. They say the average person who is a chain smoker and smokes all their life, spends over $300,000 on cigarettes. And then at the end, they get cancer. Then they got to pay for all the doctor bills for cancer and live like that. Not to mention all the secondhand smoke they give to everybody else. And they give it to somebody else. Um, is there anything you could think that you could do better with with $300,000? I could think of a few things. Pastor needs a new motorcycle. <laughs> you know? Anything you think you could use $300,000 to do? Yeah. And, and, you know, I think there's an understanding here that a Christian's motive in serving the Lord is not to get rich. It's not our motive or it's not to have things. We shouldn't be materialistically minded. But it is a point that when you serve God, God does bless in return. And he blesses us in the level that he wants. And he blesses us in the level in accordance to what we give and do for him. Amen. Give, and it shall be given unto you. So, you know, there's a lot of wisdom in, find, in, in fulfilling God's principles. The evil man gets ahead in an evil way, but somehow evil comes around and takes it away from him. The law of sowing and reaping applies uh, to that evil man, doesn't it? So it's always best to live in a life of building up. Okay, verse 5. Now, notice here, a wise man is strong. Yeah, a man of knowledge increases strength. A wise man is strong because he walks in wisdom and he knows what's right and he's not going to be persuaded to get off track. He's going to just walk in wisdom. 
And if somebody around him doesn't like that, he's, he's still going to stay strong. I'm not going to compromise the truth and right because wisdom teaches me not to do that. Wisdom teaches me to just keep on doing what's right. And, and there's a lot of blessings in that. Um, wise man, strong, and he's strength. You know, we don't honor spiritual strength today. We really don't honor that. And I think we should. I think we should honor spiritual strength and, and make much of being strong. We, we tend to make excuses for ourselves and say, oh, I can't do that. And then we seek company of somebody else who has the same mentality. And it's a soup pot of uh, lack of wisdom. And, but wisdom, the Bible says here, is strong. Hey, know what you believe and stand on it. Yeah. Amen? And don't let the devil shake you off. Because uh, real wisdom is strong. Okay? So if it's strong, notice then verse 5, Yea, a man of knowledge increases strength. He keeps getting stronger. Wisdom has a way of feeding off of more wisdom. Uh, if you have a desire for wisdom, there's a desire to even gain more wisdom and, and knowledge. And by the way, I believe all knowledge and wisdom comes from God, ultimately. Um, you know, there's been a lot of things, breakthroughs. Uh, you, even go back to the day of Benjamin Franklin when he really essentially proved what electricity could do. Um, nobody really knew that electricity and lightning were connected. Benjamin Franklin proved it. Well, who gave him that knowledge? Benjamin Franklin would e even say that it was God. It was God. Now, Benjamin Franklin was, I don't know if he was Christian or not. I don't think he was, but he did believe in a God. And we call that a deist. He was a deist. Um, by the way, just believing there is a God isn't enough to save a person. You have to put your faith in that person. The person of God, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. You have, to, you have to put your faith and trust, repent of sin, and believe in God. So it's not, it's not good enough just to be a deist. Okay? But what I'm trying to say is that here... Um, God gives wisdom, and when God gives wisdom, a lot of the things that we don't know or understand about life can be understood and seen. So I think there's some knowledge involved in the wisdom that God gives also. All right, let's go on here. Uh, verse number, uh, let's see here. Oh, let, let's finish up here, verse 6. Uh, for my wife, wise counsel, thou shalt make thy war, and in a multitude of counselors there is safety. Now, the point here I see is that this wise man is strong, but yet he realizes he doesn't know everything. And so he seeks counsel. He asks others. He asks other wise people about it. And he's seeking to gain wisdom. In other words, he's hungry for how to do something or in this case, make war. 
Um, and in Bible days, they would get counsel on uh, making war. If you were going to go, one party was going to go to war against another party. Um, David, like, for example, David would go before the Lord and he'd inquire of the Lord, shall I go up? And God would say yes or no. And in other words, they're acknowledging God <clears throat> to either win that, win that battle or not. Sometimes the kings would obey God, sometimes they would not. And anytime they did not obey God, it never went well uh, with them. But when they did obey God, God blessed it. And, and so this is the understanding of wisdom here. Uh, by wise counsel, make thy, uh, make thy war. Now, I think it's good to, to um, have wise counselors in your life. Somebody that you know is wise and you can go and ask when you're in a situation because it gives a good perspective on it. Now, I would say this. Don't ever take advice from an ungodly person because they're not going to lead you in, in a way of wisdom. They're not going to lead you to God's wisdom. And when you compare man's wisdom with God's wisdom, there's no comparison you know, so don't follow worldly counsel. Don't follow worldly advice. Um, follow godly advice. These are strong. These are good. They, they make us strong. They make us strong in the Lord. Somebody asked me one time, I said, now, what if I ask advice from two different counselors and I get two different advices? What do I do? Flip a coin? What do I do, preacher? How do I know what to do? Um, can I tell you, the point, of, the point of getting counsel, many counselors, is that you get a perspective of the issue outside of yourself. You get somebody who's not maybe emotionally involved in that, who can see it from a different angle or a different perspective. So... Um, and, and sometimes the wise advice is not the w advice that promotes us. Sometimes the wise advice is advice that allows us to be a vessel used by God. Um, and when we are vessels of use by God, that is why God gives us life. That's why we have a purpose in life. That's why... We have a purpose for living. It's for God to use us in somebody else's life. So wisdom is not always to my benefit. Oftentimes it is for my benefit for other people. It's not God doing something to me. It's God doing something through me. And I'll tell you what, boy, you get a hold of that, man, that'll make your day. You know, God use you in somebody else's life. Um, I think uh, Brother Nathaniel's in here, being a teen director, you know, seeing teens go through the teen group and have an impact on their life and go to Bible college, get married, marry right, and have 82 children, <laughs> you know, there's some blessings. There's some blessings in that. You know, blessings of life are not just what we have. Blessings in our life are what um, we have that God can use through us to other people.
Well, that's the blessings. That's the real blessings. And, and there's some wisdom in that understanding. So we ought to understand that. Okay, let's go down verse number um, 7. Verse 7, wisdom is too high for a fool. Uh, he openeth not his mouth in the gate. Now the word too high, I looked up the word high. It means to raise up. Um, in other words, the idea is a fool cannot raise himself up to wisdom. It's too hard for him. <laughs> and now from that I gain this understanding. A fool develops a mentality. Okay? He develops a mentality of foolishness and he lives there. So if he's asked to become wise, he can't get that. He's stuck in his mentality. Boy, we can see that, can't we? Um, a fool cannot get smarter. Uh, you take a person who uh, spends money, for example, just spends money all the time, spends money all the time. Uh, never does, ties with it, never gives, never helps. Uh, when you ask him, okay, the Bible says be wise about money and put some aside for saving, give it, give, tithe, or put some for saving, do something for other people, do something with the gospel. It's like, well, I, I can't do that. It's because they've developed that mentality. There's a mentality there that has been, they can't break loose of it. You know, I think that's why God moves inside of us when we get saved. Because it's not really us that can do it. It's God in us that can do these things. You know, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthened me. God is the breaker of that stronghold that the devil tries to hold us in, that mentality, whatever mentality it is. Uh, boy, that old devil likes to hold us in that mentality, doesn't he? I mean, you know, um, it's tough. You know, it's like the man that loves chocolate ice cream and eats chocolate ice cream every day. And suddenly somebody comes along and says, there's no more chocolate ice cream. There's vanilla. And he just can't get there. Amen. Yeah, put chocolate syrup in it, mix it all up and you got chocolate ice cream. Amen. Where there's a will, there's a way. Amen. You like it when I start preaching on food. Amen. Um, wisdom. Wisdom, all right? Okay, so a, a wise person here, it's too high for him. He just can't get out of that. You know, whereas a wise person, he's not stuck in a mentality like that that holds him down to where he can't raise up. The wise person is hungry to raise up. He, he's hungry to learn more. He's hungry to uh, seek whatever it is that will cause him to please God and, and serve the Lord and, and uh, use his life for a purpose. Um, that's where wisdom is, is. That wisdom in a Christian like that will become... A person of great strength because he's always seeking God like a dry sponge he wants to soak it in not avoid God's ways he's hungry for it and that wisdom is so good um, 
Boy, I, you know, I think uh, Brother Hollers was saying last night, so when he got saved, he just was so hungry for the things of God. He just couldn't get enough. Well, that should be us. Amen. That should be us every day. That should be every Christian that gets saved. Is there's this hunger to live for God. And um, to get filled by God, be filled up. That should be in us. That should be a wise principle in our life. Okay, so he goes on here. And uh, he talks about verse 8. Now look at verse 8. This is interesting. He says, he that deviseth to do evil shall be called a mischievous person. Now, to me, if you, if you just read the surface of that, you're, it's like, well, what's the point of the verse? He's a mischievous person. So the Bible's saying if he does evil, he'll be called a mischievous person. The point is not identifying him. Identifying him is obvious, right? The point is this, that he develops a name for himself. He develops a name that is bad. And any time he tries to accomplish something or uh, he needs, um, he's, he's got to go do something or get a loan, all of a sudden that his name pops up. Boom. He got a bad name. His name isn't good. And it's because of the mischievous things that he did. And it's saying here that, you know, what, whatever we do, good or bad, we're developing a name for ourselves. Amen? Um, I want my name to be a good name. Amen? I want my kid's name to be a good name. I want them to... Uh, I want it to be a good name. And by the way, it says that in um, chapter 22, verse 1, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. And it's our name. What kind of name do you have? You know, um, I give you two names. Tell me what you think. Number one, George Washington. Great man. Probably most of us say that. How about Benedict Arnold? Some of the kids don't even know who he was. Benedict Arnold was a traitor in history during the Revolutionary War. Um, you know, it, it goes to show us our name. We, we're creating a name for ourselves by our actions. And, and we should always strive, though we're not perfect people, we should always be striving to produce a good name in our life. Amen. And, and the, the fool forgets about that. He forgets that he's creating a name for himself. And so the point of that verse is to say, that's what you're creating in your life. That's what that evil man is creating. He's creating a name for himself uh, by those deeds that he does. Okay, let's go on. Verse uh, number nine. Number nine, the thought of foolishness is sin. And the scorner is an abomination to men. Um, now notice, it doesn't say foolishness is sin. It says the thought of foolishness is sin. 
There's a difference, isn't there? Um, you can't do something wrong in your life that, you're not th- that you don't think about. I mean, you might do something wrong on accident, but you can't purposely do something wrong in life that you know you're, that's not in your thought life. So the point of the verse is that if a Christian controls their thought life, if we, we live, um, we allow the Holy Spirit to control what we think and how we think and what we think about, then um, we'll be blessed. We'll be blessed. But, but God tries to preemptively stop us from doing something wrong by saying the thought of it. And so what God's saying is, uh, if, if you get rid of the thought to do something wrong, then the action of doing wrong will not follow. So he's saying, uh, whenever the wrong thought comes into your head, wipe it out, wash it out. Don't let that thought permeate, because it, it can lead to an action. Amen? And, and this, this happens in many different ways in our life. We have to understand that our thoughts sometimes can lead us to the wrong actions. Amen? Um, you know, I think of um, politics in this. You know, throughout history, political leaders have been assassinated for um, their policies, whether they're good or bad. Somebody doesn't like them. And you know what they do? They go shoot them because they don't like their policies. Um, you know, that's foolishness. That's, that's a foolish thing. I may not like their policies, but I'm not going to allow my thought to go there. Amen? Yeah. Amen. My wife's thought might go there, but not mine. Amen. I'm not going to do that. So there's a wisdom in controlling every one of our thoughts. And and the Bible even teaches us in the New Testament to bring every thought into captivity. Bring our thoughts into captivity. Don't don't allow them to permeate. Just, no, I'm not going there. Amen. I'm not going to allow my thoughts to go there. Um, and, and boy, what a powerful thing. You know, sometimes um, it's in our nature to retaliate or even have revenge on a personal level with others. You know, somebody does us wrong or says something wrong and it upsets us, it gets us anger. We have to then deal with how we're go- our thoughts, don't we? We have to deal with our own thoughts. And, and, and that's why in our thoughts... If we'll say, and, and by the way, this is why we ought to pray. Because prayer is a powerful um, friend to us when our thoughts are not always what they should be. Prayer. Lord, I shouldn't be thinking that. Lord, forgive me. And Lord, would you solve this problem? Would you handle this situation? I'm just going to trust in you. Boy, what release that brings. What joy that brings. Instead, our, our thoughts cause us to retaliate, revenge, anger. And, you know, there's a lot of people today who, uh, I was watching a video about a lady who got pulled over for speeding. And she wouldn't comply with the p- police officer. And she took off. 
Well, then the police officer chased her and chased them down. And, uh, you know, she ended up going to jail for years. She wasn't thinking straight, was she? You know, um, sometimes in our life, it, it really costs us a lot if we're not able to put those thoughts under captivity and, and, and get those thoughts out of our heart and our mind. Because we're all human, aren't we? Everybody's human. I mean, we're not in heaven yet. This corruptible has not put on incorruption yet. That's coming one day. Thank the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. One day that's coming. But until then, we've got to keep control of these things because it causes us to drift into foolishness. Okay. Um, verse number uh, uh, 10. We'll finish up here. Verse 10. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Now, this verse gives us a test. This is a test of our strength. Um, if we faint in the day of adversity, adversity, it reveals what we were. It reveals us. Adversity tests our strength. Is our strength strong or is it weak? Well, adversity shows us what it is. Amen? Um, when you have adversity or trouble in your life, uh, and by the way, trouble in our life is not really a bad thing for the Christian. It really isn't because God uses adversity to make us stronger, better, if we, if we allow it. God uses adversity in our life. And remember the Apostle Paul got to the place where he said, I take pleasure in infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, I'm not that good of a Christian yet. Amen? Sometimes I look to God and say, God, why do I have to go through this? You know? But we have to understand that adversity is not bad for us. And, and how we react in adversity is a test to us. It should be like a personal test that shows us how strong we really are in the Lord. Because if I let adversity change me from being the Christian that I ought to be, then I, I'm not in a good shape. Amen? So we should let adversity even make us stronger. There's wisdom in that when adversity is making us stronger. Boy, you know, you look at, you look at great people in the Bible and you look at I mean, so many people went through adversity in Scripture. I mean, I could go, you could go through the whole Bible, but suffice it to say, God used them in that adversity. And that adversity uh, showed what God had previously done and strengthened their heart and their life. And so there's a lot of wisdom uh, in, in ad allowing adversity to change us and help us in our life. Amen? All right, we'll stop there. We'll pick up here next week. And to look at some more principles of wisdom. Hope it's a blessing to your life. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for all that you do for us. Use us, we pray, for your glory and honor. Pray you'll bless the upcoming church hour. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.